Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes! fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chickity Chuck. And I am Godless. And we That's host your we uh, weekly session of uh, metal discussion and uh, things like that. And we're happy to welcome you to 2014. Welcome Yay! back. Hey! Welcome back. Uh, we had a little bit of a break. I missed you. Oh, man. I, I did. I missed you. There wasn't anything to talk about over the break. So then I was like, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I didn't miss him that much because... Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a boring little break. I did a little bit of tweeting here and there. So uh, if you're not following us on uh, on the Twit Box, you need to at Bearded Ape is where you can find me, and it's uh, at Godless Speaks right, on uh, Twitter, and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I try. Man, I can't get this Twitter thing down. I, I just I tried. I go through phases. Like you know, if I go to a show, I'm tweeting the whole time because I'm bored. But you know, then I'm, I get lost in other things. I'm just not funny you know. enough. My, my my problem is I can't. I, I try to be funny, and when you try to be funny, then you're just not funny. Yeah, like, no. I, I know people that are really, really, really funny on Twitter, and and I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm like I want to tell you what's going on now. I'm a nuts and bolts kind of guy. It's just how it goes, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. This show we're going to talk about. Uh, you've we've got uh, Nostragodless uh, over here. He's going to make some predictions for uh, for the new year for 2014 i just want to see the results at the end of the year right i uh, want to see if i go like five for five or four for five okay all right because i'm i don't i've got maybe one prediction in me and that's that's about it mm-hmm. and, and that's me drinking a lot of beer <laughs> uh, and that and that goes without saying uh we're going to talk to dave mustaine in this episode yes oh that was an interesting interview it was we, we it was so interesting we saved it for a month that's yeah. how interesting it actually was yes this is a lot, a lot of good times well no, nobody's hearing from dave of late and so here here he is and yeah okay actually i found out something in this interview that i did not know about a particular song that i am a big fan of then i had no idea that this was something that was real mm-hmm. it's about a record label trying to rename a song from megadeth i, I didn't know that that that, that, I didn't even know that happened. So Add some that's depth be to the Roadrunner discussion. I know, right? That's crazy, man. And then let's see. What else we got coming up, man? Uh, this is my birthday month. All we're going to talk about the entire month is me <laughs> having a birthday. <laughs> no. Don't forget, Joy Jordan's <laughs> Oh, yeah, because there was one thing that happened over, one thing over, happened. over the ho- holiday break. Was So we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Joy Jordan's. So you're well. throwing a party. Yeah. And if you're like within, I don't know, maybe three to 500 miles of Austin, Texas, you got to come to this party. Come to the homo. That's what we call it now. The, the Holy Mountain. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, it's a, the bar called the Holy Mountain. We call it the homo. Uh, that's a yeah, good one. I that's, like that. That's where we are going to have the party. I think the biggest debate right now going on is... Do you, uh, you throw a metal party? Like, how's what? What do you do? What do you do? Celebration doesn't even really, really in our bones, is it? Well, my my problem is is that I'm one of those people that believes that you should not throw yourself a birthday party. Yeah, that's BS. I th- I think that that if you're gonna have a party, somebody should be throwing it for you, right? That yeah. should be done by somebody else. So. I've been planning this thing, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm going to celebrate my birthday, and Hell I'm yeah. like, oh, because I have to, because nobody else gives a, a shit. Oh, no, that, that, yeah, not that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. So nobody else gives a shit. Well, see, this so is the thing. I'm like uh, out there picking up. I'm, I think I want buttercream ice cream on my cake. I don't know. I don't. But I in don't the metal world, know. nobody's got enough motivation to throw anybody else a party. That's so, actually, I think, <laughs> part of it. Yeah. Come on. I mean, you know that the Austin metal community, if not the metal community at large, would be throwing you a party if if they could get off the couch and do anything. Hey, man, it's not Colorado, okay? So there's no excuse. You're not yeah. high. Okay, you're probably high. <sighs> so you got the requisite band. So, yeah, I get the Venomous Maximus is going to play, and okay. I think we're going to do some metal karaoke. What I was trying to figure out, though, is metal karaoke. What, what do you do for metal karaoke? Is it metal versions of popular songs, or is it metal songs done karaoke so style you don't have a, a machine you're gonna have a live band no 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 we we, we thought about the live band doing karaoke no 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 that's it's too, too many songs too to much. but i've got um i've got a whole stack of already pre-separated i got a bunch ah. of metal songs that we could do okay but somebody had mentioned that it's like uh, we want dudes doing beyonce like <laughs> big squeals I was yeah like, you know that's that's pretty That's good. That's not a bad idea. I kind of <laughs> like that idea. Like, yeah, like taking taking uh, you know ABBA songs uh-huh. and doing a metal style. I think that's kind of a good idea. But is that the way it's supposed to be, or is it is it other ways? Because oh, I hear about the seventy thousand tons of metal because they have metal karaoke and stuff on the, on on the boat, and that's what they a lot of people describe it as. Oh, okay. So it's like metal dudes that are in all these bands singing uh steely dan songs <laughs> that's kind of awesome <laughs> it's kind of cool so, i don't know i think that may be the way to go I, but personally i, I just want to hear mark osaquendis and like sing anything I, i'm down to the minutiae of like what kind of birthday cake i'm gonna have Ugh, i can't take it anymore i shouldn't be planning this stuff don't you think like we should like, where's my committee shouldn't you have like some pr people like talking to the bands about getting versions of songs yeah. karaoke style just pull out the vocal like like you know you know arsis sunglasses at night i mean that's a, that's like a, you have your cake and eat it too no pun intended you but know? see you can actually use the original song and yes. sing it like arsis yeah you know and because they basically that's what they did yeah you know it's pretty close to the original style can, can you do both and just see what people pick i don't know yeah i think that's what we're gonna do yeah. ultimately i don't know but ultimately, but, having people singing Maiden and stuff is going to be great. Not me. You don't want me to sing Maiden. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you got a great voice. Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, I just want to, I want to start doing some big, big squeals, man. That's all. <laughs> so you're going to have your Friday night show happening I'm going to from- be broadcasting live. I'm going to be drinking. I'm going to be <laughs> having a birthday party. All this stuff, and I'm the ringleader, so it's like, dude, you got you got to figure out a way to delegate some of this. This is way too much work. Yeah, it's way too much fucking work. Why am I? This is the point. I, I wanted to do nothing. Uh, I really wanted to do nothing. I was like, I just want a cake. Yeah, that's it. Done. No, and, no, you no, can't do that. No, I can't. No. Whatever. Yeah, anyway, what are we talking about this for? I don't. I'm, I don't want to, we'll, yeah. well, who's going to be there? Who do you have? Like, you know, besides like Venomous Maximus, you got like like. Are you expecting any sort of heavy metal local celebrities to be showing up? No, I don't think so. I doubt it. I mean, really? I have to I want to invite some luminaries. Uh, yeah, we'll you got to get happens. some luminaries. But I but I have no idea. Like, who do I invite? David Draymond to my birthday party? Hell yeah! See what happens. Hell yeah! Have him get heckled by actual metal dudes. Yeah, uh, but as long as it's put on tape, man. <laughs> that's all we need that's all because uh, it doesn't happen unless there's like video no you gotta or, get him you gotta get uh uh, uh what's his face from um uh uh what's that band with the uh uh, uh 
that Guns N' Roses ripoff band from the eighties. Oh shit. Dangerous Toys? Dangerous Toys, oh, yeah. McMasters? McMasters. Oh, you're calling them a ripper. Really? No, we still want to get him on the show. <laughs> Great job, dude. That's all we need. I'm, d- I'm not saying it was hey, them. I'm just saying that was... shows before, we, before I decided to come on and said, fuck you. I don't know. Dude, don't I only know one song. Give me a break. Well, teasing, pleasing. I mean, yeah. Come on, but, but still. That was, it, that was come on, that was GNR. Uh, anyway, what, well, I don't want to talk about my birthday anymore. I'm done with that. Ugh. So over the break, I think there's what one news story one that news happened story. Uh, that uh, that Joey Jordanson is uh, no longer in Slipknot. That happened, I think, December twelfth is when that was announced, which was almost by like a, Slipknot. Yeah, or that's where that's where the announcement came right. out was from the Slipknot camp. And then over the break, what happened was was that uh, Joey basically said, "Came out, I did not quit Slipknot," is what he said. Now, why that announcement didn't happen within like forty five minutes of the original Slipknot announcement? I don't know, except for that probably Joey had to make sure that his lawyer talked to his accountant, who talked to his manager, who talked to the lawyer again before this announcement came out. That takes some time when everybody's on Christmas break. I just don't know why he didn't come straight out after this announcement was made, or if he just didn't even see it, like if he's uh, that sheltered from from stuff. You think he just didn't notice that it was going on? Totally noticed it. And suddenly he's got to make a statement about it, or I don't know. It seems really strange that... He would wait three, two, three weeks to make some kind of statement, and then have it be cryptic at that. Yeah, you know, basically just saying that he was not, he didn't quit Slipknot, and there's more coming. Do you think there's that like more information? Like he did quit, and then he spent some time talking to some people who are like, "Yo, dude, you might not want to quit." And now he's like, "Oh, wait, 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 wait! I didn't quit." Oh, like he didn't want like you. If you use those words, quit, that means you don't have entitlement to Slipknot and royalties and that, stuff like that, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. you know, because it ain't just about who's sitting behind that drum kit. It's about who's a shareholder in Slipknot Inc. Well, if he gets fired from Slipknot, he can get unemployment benefits, right? That means he can go. Oh, this to is the, about right? more than or unemployment. Some, no. <laughs> this is the, right in the in the, how that works i don't think it, that joey's it, gonna have any trouble getting a job if you quit then you can't get your government stipend that you get every month right when you're done no i don't think that's how it works i, th- I think it, no bit. i think it's like you quit and you lose your share of slipknot inc yeah you probably lose your bargaining as far as even the older stuff there either old catalog or whatever's you know uh, yeah right. whatever's back there you mm-hmm. know so i could see that being a problem yeah yeah, and you know, I mean, just look at like all right. So I, I read over the break. I read DX Ferris's uh, uh, Slayer biography, oh, the yeah, six six two, which everybody's got to get. So you got to read this thing. It's so good. Yeah, um, I'll read. Yeah, but I mean, it's Slayer, so it's like ah. But uh, uh, what was interesting about it is that Dave Lombardo gave up being part of Slayer Inc. because he quit, and that had a. And, you know that has a huge impact on his, uh, you know, fiscal life, and his, and the reason that they know that is because all of his finances became the public record when he went through this messy divorce. Mm. So it's real interesting. The dude does, is not like loaded like you would think. Like probably Gary King and Tom Araya are pretty loaded. You well, know, what that's I mean? interesting. So did he lose that the first time or the second time or the third time? I, I think the first time. So so when, every other time he got back in, it was like he had to renegotiate to try to get some piece of the action. And you know, they uh, they, they give him uh, money for touring. They'll give him a stipend for when they're not touring. Uh, but he's not making any publishing money because uh, he's never written a song or been part of a writing of a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, he's never you know. 
he, he's no, he gave up his membership in the in the corporation, which means every time that he's out, he's not making any money on T-shirts or any of that other stuff. Yeah, you have to be part of quote unquote Slayer if you're going to get writing credit for that song or whatever. If it's going to be them, unless you specifically write that song yourself, right? Yeah. So yeah. basically, he only gets paid when he's playing. When you're at home sleeping, he's not making any money. So the other guys are. So that's interesting because that that sort of begs the question, shows us what happened here at the end with them with him is that he was not lying about what he was talking about. He's probably making the short end of the stick with it when it comes to the four guys in the band. Exactly. You know, even Gary Holt, for that matter, is probably you know doing better oh. than he is because he's just a higher gun. Yeah. You know. So well, that's th- all Dave Lombardo is too. Yeah. yeah for yeah. a long yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I guess you know for the most part that's what he's yeah where he's at as he's well. He's just had yeah. better negotiation ability because he's Dave Lombardo, which sort of brings up the next point is that when he quit. Back in 80-whatever, the first time, Slayer had a really hard time replacing his ass because at that time, the number of drummers who could do what he did yeah. is about zero. And if they were, if there was somebody out there, they were in a band. They, it, they were in a good band and they didn't want to go anywhere. Dude, what band was any gooder, gooder? <laughs> than Slayer? You know any what I mean? Gooder than Slayer? Well, I don't know. I think about the other metal drummers that were out there about that time. You, you think about like the Lars Ulrichs. You think about the... Uh, uh, Oh crap! Damn it! Why I'm skitzing on drummer what, name? Dude, but uh, but Charlie wife? Dante, uh, uh, Dan Spitz was not uh, was not a he's a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? I don't know. I, no, I'm th- I was thinking the people beat drums, people beat no, other you things. Get, so. You got Gene Hoagland. You got to you, yep. you, know, you got those guys that are out there at that time that that are that are there, but they've got something going on. Right. So, what was Hoagland doing at the time? I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't think he was doing jack. Maybe not. No. He was probably doing drywall. You son of a bitch. But uh, maybe at that time he wasn't that as good as he is now. I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe, but uh, he's been pretty good for a long time. He has. Angel and stuff. So yeah. Think about it. But he's, he also is in 40 bands all at once. But then the question is, is Slipknot in, this, in a similar position? How many people out there can play what Joey Jordanson can play? Well, we I'd saw, say a lot. We saw, but, a, we saw a couple of videos online that, uh, that <laughs> just amateurs that were playing that, that that could do exactly what he did before. Yeah. And there's like 20 people playing percussion on stage anyway yeah. during a slip, uh, Slipknot show. So what does it, it matter? And now, even the Wall Street Journal covered it, is that is do you even need a drummer anymore? Right. I mean, because the... The sounds that you get out of a computer these days are just as good, if not better, than what you could possibly produce with a drum kit. And you could program it faster. You could program it, you know, more precise and all that stuff too. So do you do you even go that route? So I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. I come from a long line of people who have been replaced by robots. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, my opinion on it is I don't even know why anybody bothers with a drummer anymore first of all you gotta lug all that stuff every time you get into a gig oh my god the second thing is that it's not like they're that interesting to watch when you do a live performance it's, they're stuck behind a drum set dude i love watching a drummer man that's like one of my favorite things just because they're going to if they're a good drummer they're going ape shit like right. they're they're everywhere you know yeah. it's it's fun like watching bron daler go crazy on the kit i mean because he's got so many changes and so many things going on all at once. It's like, I love that. I yeah. think that's awesome to watch. But, you know. But I'm saying, you know, you're shelling out X amount of dollars and per diem to the dude, and you got to lug all of this stuff, and you got to spend half an hour miking everything when you could just plug in something. Done. And you pay have it, it sound the same every single night no, wherever you go. It sounds even better. Every single Every single time. night. Personally, 
I, I, I look at it as an interesting development. I don't know, though, man. I mean, because what was it? We, we kind of talked about it when Fear Factory played a, a little bit. Is that, you know, their their entire last album was recorded without a drummer. So they did the that's what they did with. Right. They used, you know, electronic drums on it. It just seems totally unfair to somebody who has to go and try to play that live. I'm not even talking about the speed of that or whatever, but if you're going to commit to it, commit to it because they had a live drummer. The last time I saw them play live, why bother even doing that? Yeah. Get a guy who's a percussionist or he does, he sits back there. He barely hits anything, but most of the time he's playing a keyboard. Who's that dude on keyboards, man? Totally. I mean, I'm just saying it'll look weird when a band plays and they don't have a drummer on stage. Uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) They don't have a drummer on stage, but I think people could get used to it pretty quickly. I think you could just, you know, hologram. Put a hologram in the back, dude. Nobody <laughs> even know. It'd be like, wow, check that out, dude. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Or you could do something very interesting, you know, with like, um, I don't know, lights and, you know, all the rest of it. No, yeah, well, people more interesting. You know, the it was it, it, what's weird is is that there, it's this debate started when you got the drum triggers. Uh, like when that really started and you were like, and it was really to get the blast beats a little tighter to get uh, to get that to sound a certain way. And those things just sort of advanced drumming and mm-hmm. made it so it became a little bit faster and more precise. And a lot of people were against that. It's like, if you can't do blast beats without triggers, then you shouldn't be doing blast beats. And there's a camp that says that, and there's a camp that says, well, you know, okay. So it's kind of a half electric, half uh, analog drums is basically what you get out of that. So now we're saying, well, if we're going to do that, might as well just go all digital drums and, and say, fuck it. Yeah. Why not? You know, go for it. Because you're not going to see somebody like Disfiguring the Goddess or somebody like that who is essentially one guy go out there and get a drummer. They could pull off the kind of shit that he does in his basement. It's just not going to be possible. Right. So all the question is, what do you replace it with, you know, as far as visually when you perform live? I mean, sound is not an issue it's not an issue it sounds even better than human and personally i think you know perhaps we've gotten as extreme as humans can get let's see how extreme we can get when we can push buttons but i just don't think that um i don't know i like having a drummer on stage i think it adds a adds depth to yeah it's it's a band you're supposed to have a drummer when i hear people complain about oh well like you hear a guitar you know the guitarist they recorded at half speed and then they doubled it and but you know it's gonna suck when they play live you know what most bands suck when they play live (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i don't care that's okay i I see your point i just i just want it to sound good and i and if it's gonna sound different and 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 be forward thinking how great would it be if the genre that it truly embraces technology is 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 metal and every other just like it always is every other genre out there is looking to metal to see what is the most innovative things that are happening and it's a different skill set i mean it's not like there's not not a skill in doing it i mean because you could you could drop in all kinds of stuff into into whatever and it could sound like shit it just is it sounds terrible so you, there's still a certain type of skill set that you have to have to make that sound good, right? Or you, you, so it's just as much artistry that goes into it. I think there's just a finesse about about having a drum kit and somebody who can play that versus having a computer be able to do and repeat it over and over again. Because I mean, it's it's not like you're doing it on the fly. It's something that you can program and just repeat. And that's I think the the where people will find that to be cheating. It's like well. 
okay, how about we just uh, lip sync? You know, screw it. I mean, if I can record it once and I can sing it into this thing and then I can just play it back, then why do I even bother going to a live show in the end? You know, when it's just all pre-programmed. If, if you can make that show interesting, I don't care. So but as long as you tell me in advance but then you're wa- you're, what, you're, what it is that I'm buying into. But you're watching a fucking laser light show then. You're watching Floyd laser light show. Who dude, cares then? Why does that matter? Like I said, it has to be entertaining. It has to be innovative. It has to be something that I'm going to pay to want to see. Yeah, a lot of people paid to see Pink Floyd lasers. That is true. And well, so, a lot of people have. Yeah. But... But they know what they're. I guess they know. They know. What Same thing I'm saying. But I want to see a band play their songs live. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see the band play the songs live. But you know what? I do want to pay to see a band play a song. Uh, play the songs live most of the time. What I don't want to know, or what I don't want, is to pay to see a band play live and then they're boring as all get out. <laughs> and that's what happens nine times out of ten. So Slipknot should replace Joey Jordanson with a computer. I'm saying it would be. I, I'm not. I'm saying. I'm saying if I were a songwriter, a metal songwriter, right, I would be a hell of a lot more interested nowadays in getting myself a little bit of software rather than getting another human being whose opinions I got to listen to (laughs) and who I got to pay. I can see that. And who I got to get a bigger vehicle to tour in. I mean, it's expensive to tour. You got to cut expenses. One of the first things that should go, you know what? Personally, I'd hire a merch person before I'd hire a drummer. Drummers can write songs, man. What are you talking about, dude? Well, they, you know what? If you it's worth it, sc- it's worth it. Wind up with Scar the Martyr. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, burp, 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 burp. All right. We got to get into our interview with uh, Dave Mustaine. Yeah. He is he's not a drummer, but his new album still sucks. No. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, it's okay. But uh, are you optimistic cool. for 2014? For what? For what they got going on? For Megadeth? On? I don't know, man. We'll have to, we'll have to see, dude. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about that in our interview, uh, find out what he's got going on in 2014. We didn't have a whole lot of time with him, so we, we covered pretty much every base that we possibly could. As fast as possible. As fast as we possibly can, because... Uh, yeah, and also we get to hear from uh, you know his publicist trying to keep us on track because <laughs> <laughs> we're a couple of dicks sometimes. Uh, Dave Mustaine on the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, uh, how's it going, Dave? Hey, good. Hey, Dave, it's Chuck over there, and uh, I'm Godless from the Metal Sucks podcast. Cool, cool, Chuck. How you doing, man? Uh, good, man. Good. Very good. How's uh, how's things? It's good. We're just getting ready to head over to the show right now. Where are you guys at? Uh, we are in Long Island, um, and uh, we're just still hanging at the hotel for a little bit before we head over to Soundcheck. Cool. So, um, let's see. Where do we start, man? It's all, it's, uh, <laughs> I, we've talked a, a few times here, and uh, I always struggle where to start with you. Well, I was reading your Twitter feed, man. Over the holidays, you uh, you're very uh, you're a very thankful guy. Well, there's just a lot of stuff to be thankful for right now. I mean, you think about how hard people have it. We're living in really tough times right now, and <clears throat> I think that it, it's real easy to make somebody feel really good by just letting them know that you remembered that they helped you. Because I think a lot of times when we watch our friends kind of pull off in a race, you know, you're like, oh, okay, you're faster than I am, but. You know, after a while, it kind of sinks in, and you, you, you know, sometimes it doesn't really feel very good to know that you know you've, you've been left behind. And and I think it's really cool to look back in your friendships and your childhood, and you know, say 
hello to people and acknowledge those guys that you grew up with. Because at that time, you you know, a lot of the people I was hanging with were my best buddies. I'm sure they wonder if I remember them. I do. I remember them all. How do you? How are you different now from where you were when you were a kid? We never read about Dave Mustaine the kid. <laughs> yeah, because he was kind of kind of. Um, Kind of geeky, <laughs> skinny redheaded kids. Not much to read about. Well, yeah, I did have my own magazine. It was called Mad Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. I, that was I me on it. the cover with some braces. <laughs> I'm all better now. But it must be cool to be able to. Everybody in every grade you were ever in, you're the one they can Google. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little weird, huh? <laughs> It's not weird. I mean, it must be pretty awesome. It's it's sort of like you can say, uh, "All right, guys, I won." Yeah, actually, that that is a good feeling. But you know, <laughs> I've never really, you know, the cool thing for me was I was kind of in the periphery in school, so I don't think a lot of people even know that I went to school with them. You know, we moved around so much that when we would we would roll into another city, you know, my dad would find us pretty soon, and we'd end up having to move because my mom and dad had an inflammatory marriage, and there's a lot of bad stuff that happened. So, you know, I went to a lot of different schools, and I know a lot of, you know, there's, there, I had a lot of different friendships, but they were really short. Do you feel like that contributed to where you went in life at, at that point, like, a, like right, right after high school when you were still teenager? Well, it certainly helped me not to get attached to people. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of times that, you know, we, we have relationships with people, they become very parasitic where you, you kind of take people, you know, as emotional hostages and you don't really allow the friendship to, you know, people to have bad days and stuff or, you know, like I have a friend of mine who is, is a hardcore Israeli guy who was, you know, in, in combat and stuff. And, and I barely ever see him, but whenever I see him, it's like we're, you know, we have, you know, just saw each other yesterday. We're best buddies and stuff, and, and it's really cool that I don't have to keep that relationship on life support every time I leave. That's kind of the sign of a true friendship, right? Yeah, you know, it's really weird a lot of times, especially when you, you get into celebrity stuff where, you know, you see people that get taken advantage of, like that, uh, that terrible, terrible story that happened to MC Hammer with, you know, all the people that come into your life and, you know, you got a big heart. You can't say, get out of here, you know, and, and for some people it's really difficult to say no. And, and you just watch everything fall apart. Did you have to adjust to that as, as you know, the, as your success kind of grew, or, or did that sort of come naturally to you? What, adjusting to being MC Hammer? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the pants, man, the pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a small white kid in there. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it was a pretty natural thing because, again, you know, I, I kind of kept to myself and stuff because, you know, uh, I've been living on my own ever since I was 15, so it's having some serious survival skills, and part of it is just, you know, just keep your head down, you don't get hit with the friendly fire, you know, so, um, you know, there's there's a, a lot of people that probably would, you know, say that, you know, we were really, really close because at a time I was really open like that, but as I got older, I kind of learned to kind of, you know, be, be a little bit more mature in how I uh, hang out and, you know, leaving the keys in the car and stuff like that, you know, this isn't Mayberry RFD. Have you uh, have you grown into those relationships a little bit? Is it easier for you now than it was uh, was then to to kind of nurture those attachments and those and those kinds of friendships, or is it still kind of difficult for you? Well, I I do have a lot of friendships that I really cherish, like you know guys like Vinny and David Draymond and Zach, and you know 
some of the guys in, in uh, Anthrax and Exodus and stuff, and guys that were, we've been friends with for a long time, Carrie and <clears throat> so on and so forth. But you know, there's been things that have been highly publicized, which are you know spat jab between friends, and then you know, people will put gas on the fire, and and it, it kind of takes a life of its own on. And, and honestly, you know, it never really was a big deal. And and then you have other people where you, you never really have a problem at all, and people don't know about them, and you know, they're just really normal kind of in center of the road relationships. For me, I like the relationships that are a little bit more you know combustible because there's more life in it that way. You know, there's <laughs> there's, there's more fun in it when you're. You know, the guys that you're hanging out with are, are you know, kind of like when we were all skydiving. You know, everybody wanted to do it except Marty Friedman, and he said, well, I'll do it if we go platinum. And I went, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> it went platinum, you have to jump. And, and you know, that, that I, that's the kind of guys I like hanging around with, the people that, you know, love life and want to live it. You know, when we get up on stage, I never know when the last concert's going to be, so I always try and give my best. And and that's what we're, we're doing tonight. We're focusing on, on you know, just playing our hearts out it's it doesn't really matter if you're doing you know the iron maiden tour the sabbath tour you're doing small tours like this because you know it's about playing the music now frankly i'd rather play you know the enormo dome myself but that's just because i want to play music to more people well your tour schedule this year has been pretty has been pretty relentless actually yeah i think that a lot of that is because you know we're getting ready to start writing another record and that takes so much time you know to to actually do and, and we wanted to do things differently um we've been kind of going in the studio and making records really quickly and we were thinking about you know taking a break and and you know really sitting down and doing like we did when we did rest in peace when we did downtown because those two records just kind of came out um really uh organically really natural and and you know it took a little while to make them but you know i, I think that it's it, when you have a chance to critique it, it it's a lot better than when you're you know god we've only got six weeks before the next tour starts so do you think that affected the way that you've written the records in the past five ten years super collider on a scientific platform it certainly affected it because you know i was there and i was sharing that but i think it, it did it did it hurt the outcome no, it just it required more attention and longer hours, and and I think that you know, sometimes when you when you have a chance to say, you know, I don't feel like playing today, um, you know, sometimes you, you you know you you come back in and you have a different perspective on on uh, a guitar solo. So sometimes solos turn out one way, sometimes they go another way. It's very it's very different. It's like. Um, it's like finger painting, and as silly as that sounds, you know, mm. and as much as it's a pun, it wasn't meant to be. Um, but, you know, it's it's really cool for me to be able to express myself like that, because sometimes I'll do a solo and it'll be, you know, really like, God, Dave's mad kind of a solo, or, or wow, that's a really, really kind of, you know, hippie kind of solo, or, or, man, that's a really cool kind of punk rock kind of thing. Because, you know, I have all these different influences with love punk rock. I was just listening to Pistols the other night, and, you know, I practice my classical stuff every day for the symphony thing that's coming up in april and and you know just just stop i have a very vast music uh, vocabulary and stuff i like to listen to have you always well not when i couldn't afford it <laughs> 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 it's only what you had in, in your in your car you know you have 
back back in the day when I used to when I first started driving. I mean, this is going to date myself, but you know, you, you had uh, AM radio and you had eight track tapes and stuff like that. It was really hard to you know have a collection of stuff like that because those things were so massive. You know, <laughs> and classical sounded terrible on eight track. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't really listening to that back then. Back then, I was listening more to like Ted Nugent. I remember I had Sticks, the uh, Grand Illusion thing. We used to listen to that every day when we would go surfing. We used to surf in in uh, California, and you know, listening to music like that and hanging out at the beach and, and just playing guitar when you go back home to get lunch or whatever. Man, that was a great life as a kid, and it really carved out who I was as a songwriter because I just had a really great life. I think that's one of the bummers I see kids growing up today. They have to grow up so fast they don't get to be a kid. You know, when I was 15, did I feel like a 15 year old? The first part of it, after that, when I had to take care of myself, I had to grow up really fast. But, you know, up until then, man, I had a great life. And, and I really, uh, I, I cherish those times. I, I wish that, you know, people today knew what it was like to be able to, you know, live the way that, that I did when I was younger. I mean, I know it sounds like, you know, man, I used to walk uphill to school both ways, <laughs> you know, that kind of crap. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, honestly, you could walk home from school and you didn't have the fear of a drive-by or somebody kidnapping your kid, you know, and, and society is just, you know, uh, I had the privilege to be part of the decline of Western civilization part two. They need to make a part three. <laughs> uh, it's already declined. <laughs> it's on its way, you know, and, but I, I certainly know that, you know, we're all capable of, you know, pulling this thing back together. And, and I have faith in, in my country and in, in the people that I know and love, the kind of guys I gravitate to. You know, when I say guys, I'm, you know, ubiquitous. I mean, guys, gals, you know, people young and old, whatever, yeah. you know, just all of us. So how has that shaped you as a parent, would you say? Like looking back on yourself at, you know, at that age and and now having kids that are that are <laughs> about the same age, do they feel that they've got obviously more opportunities or you know different a different road? Well, I think if, you know, you look at anybody's kids, it's a mirror of who you are, you know. It's really hard to, you know, you see a 2-year-old someplace go, "Hey, F you, mommy." <laughs> you know, it's like, <gasps> Well, he got that from his dad, you know, yeah. something like that. And, and you know, I, I would stand my two children up against anybody's. And they're, they're great kids. They've got great morals. You know, they believe in God and country and family. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're contributing to society. Justice is living on his own. He's working. You know, he works in management. You know, he goes to college. I mean, how many kids you know there are 21 that live on their own, have a job, and go to college? You know that that aren't druggies. He, he's sober. You know, Electra is an amazing country singer. We just spent two weeks out in Nashville, and and uh, she was co-writing with uh, you know ten of the best songwriters out there. And since when does a fifteen-year-old go out there and get songwriters to co-write with you? Usually, they say, "Here's my song. Make it big. You're lucky. I'll talk to you." You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I'm, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying, you know, that's kind of how it is with songwriting. You know, it's, you don't know somebody. It's like, hey, my kid can sing. Oh, great. So can my dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I've watched some of the YouTube videos, man. She's a good musician. Well, she's on her way. The thing that you mm-hmm. saw, you know, she was singing for the troops, and mm-hmm. I thought that that alone was so honorable, you know, to see a little 15-year-old girl be willing to take her time, her vacation time, and fly up to, to Washington. And, and the, the, you know, I mean, that's emotional stuff. You're going to go see uh, men and women who have sacrificed their life and limb for our country to go into a ward because she went into the amputee ward and was singing to the people there in, in, in Ward 57. 
And um, that, that's just amazing stuff, you know, to know a kid would be willing to, to, you know, take on that burden and go and bring that gift that she's been given. Because, you know, I, I know that um, she's been gifted because I hear her sing and I have to say, stop singing. She sings nonstop. <laughs> Ward 57 sounds like the name of the next uh, Megadeth song. You know, if it wasn't, if there was a way to, to to show honor and respect about that, you know, I probably would consider that. But it's just so sad, you know, that that we even have to have something like that. That you know, we can't all just figure it out. You know, I mean, we're smart enough that we can cohabitat. You know, I think that a lot of the reasons people are are you know not tripping on some of the stuff that's going on is they just don't know. You know. The, and and you, if you know about some of the stuff that goes on and, and you really do the research on it, you start to be, you know, enlightened. It it makes you appreciate the time you have here a lot more and appreciate your friends a lot more. I mean, you know, think about it. The thing that happened between David Ellison and I, if that isn't a huge example of forgiveness, I don't know what is. Because, you know, guys that sue people don't usually get back in a band together. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, I mean, people all deserve second chances. I got a second chance. I've had several second chances. So I mean, and and, and it may not even be about the music. It may just all be about that one lesson to show people, hey, you know what? Life is really short. That dude from Fast and Furious just died. You know, if you're pissed off at somebody, work it out. You know. I mean, there, there's no reason. It's like that old Irish saying, if you hold a grudge, be prepared to dig two graves. Have you kind of worked things out, uh, even just within yourself, about the Roadrunner relationship at this point? What's wrong with Roadrunner? Well, no, it just seemed like there was a lot of stuff uh, being said about him uh, in the wake of the last album. Oh, man, you're totally misreading that stuff. The, okay. The, the thing that, you know, like I said, I, I had a lot of people there that I liked and loved, and there were some people there that I didn't, and, and you know, I think that's part of human nature. And uh, I didn't really like someone taking a song that had been released and changing the title on it and re-releasing it to our fans because, uh, in in a way, you know, um, it just kind of doesn't look cool. And, you know, I, I protested against it. And when I said who came up with the idea, they said it was the president of the label. I figured, well, that's not going to be an easy fight. And I just rolled over on it and took, I figured, you know what, we just signed with these guys. Let's work on it. And, you know, you, 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 it, it's really hard when, when you're trying to look backwards and say all the things that went wrong because we remember the things that go wrong so much more than we do the things that go right. And a lot of things went right there. You know, I really liked Mike Gitter. Um, I, I did have a couple of visits with Jonas that were pleasant. And, and you know, some the international people I just absolutely loved. The Canadian label was amazing. The English label was amazing. We just didn't click here for some reason, and that's okay. You know, I, I, I don't really hold a grudge with these guys, and I'm sorry that I've given the impression that, you know, I did. I, I don't hate Roadrunner at all. You know, if... if, uh, if I found a band that, you know, uh, was a great band and needed a label. I would say, you know what, you might want to consider these guys. I don't even know if they're still a label, though. That's the whole thing. I know that they got purchased by Warner Brothers, and they just started to kind of, you know, go in different directions and stuff. So I hadn't heard the story about this song. What, wh- Which song was it? A Tool Long. Oh. 
one of the biggest songs we've ever had. They they were going to rename it? Dude, you, you obviously don't know the whole story. Apparently not, no. Yeah, so this is why I was upset with them, and, and rightly so. Now, let me explain this to you. We had done the two Lamont on euthanasia, and I wanted to do it as a duet, but we never found a woman that I thought would be the right voice for it. So we, it comes in Christina Scabia, and, and I went, she's the one. So I figured, let's re-record this. We'll release it as a single on... on uh, uh, the Japanese release. It'll be a B-side in Japan, you know, just for the Japanese fan, because they like those cheeky kind of little things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, i, I got to make this our last thing, guys. i got to get on to my next interview. But, oh, okay. Um, so um, we recorded, and, and the guy goes, you know, we want to release it in America. And I, and I said, um, it's supposed to be a B-side for Japan. Well, we want to release it in America. Well, we already released it before, and <clears throat> the people at radio, you know, they listen to it ahead of time and tell you, you know, they give you an idea what's going to go on. You know that. And they said, you guys submit this to radio seven years ago. Well, it was actually 14, I think, but, you know, whatever. And they, they said, well, we're going to submit it under a different name. And they submitted as Set Me Free, because the end of the chorus goes, these are the last words I'll ever speak, and they'll set me free. Mm-hmm. And they thought the change in the name would do that. And, you know, I think it's kind of clever to do stuff like that, but not with our fans. Our fans are really smart. Heavy metal fans are, you know, and that's one of the things probably I protest the most, is that, you know, we just immediately get vilified when people look at us because we've got long hair. Now, granted, a lot of people that, you know, have long hair, you know, we've got some scars and stuff that make us a little bit unapproachable, but I think that on the inside, you know, we're, we're all just as capable of loving as anybody else. And, you know, I look back at the time when that happened, and, oh, yeah, I was mad. Do, do, am I mad now? No. Do you got time for one more question? Sure. So... Tom Araya recently was talking about how the, 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 there won't be another Big Four tour, he doesn't think, because he said that there was a, a, a one band that was not interested in it. And everybody afterwards, sort of without knowledge, uh, assumed that it was Megadeth that's not interested in that. What do you Are you familiar with this? Is there ever going to be another Big Four? <clears throat> What's your opinion on it? Uh, no, I, di- I didn't say that. I said that I'm not the one to ask. I love Tom. I think that, you know, all the hardship we've had has been really sad, you know, because, again, the you know, the media and stuff like that, sometimes, you know, people back in the day would try and propagandize everything that I would say or, you know, in, 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 you know put this inflammatory twist on whatever. And, you know, there, there was things I did and said that, you know, caused some problems between Tom and I, and, you know, we worked it out. And so, uh, man, I have no problem with him or Anthrax or Metallica, so I don't know where that came from. Um you know, I, I, I could be some really old stuff that got regurgitated again, but you know, I buried the hatchet a long time ago. Would you do guys. that tour again? Well, I mean, there are no dates. You, well, I, I know that, yeah, but yeah. I mean, if somebody were to come along, it's the same sort of deal as it was before. You know, it, is there anything that you would want different from what it was done before that that would make it uh, so that you would do it? There was nothing wrong with it from before. So you would totally I, do it. Hey guys, guys, can we just stick with um, the show and the record? Okay. Oh, sure. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Just, just know that there's no problems there. So whatever. Just uh, you know, let, let's end this on a happy note. I, I certainly look forward to seeing those guys in any capacity in a bar on stage or you know in a bus. <laughs> well, we'll start blaming Scotty in then. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, right on, man. <laughs> Thanks, uh, guys. All right, we appreciate Thanks, it, man. You gotta take care.
Blow Your Trumpets, Gabriel, the new song from Behemoth off the uh, Satanist record on the Metal Sucks podcast. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you, you weren't too excited about uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it's good, right? Uh, it's not a bad song. I'm looking forward to the rest of the album. To so- hopefully, there's something a little more meaty in there. Now, you remember when Megadeth put out like their first song of their album, and I was like, oh my God, that's so bad. And you were like, no, 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 it's okay. They put out the bad song first. Right, right, right. And then it turned out, I was like, nah, nah, nah. They see it. And then, the, this one's not that bad. This is not Super not. Collider. So. When I hear it, I'm like, that'd be a pretty cool first song of the show. You know what I mean? Get you going at the concert. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounded like a live song to me. When you step out there and you rip the Bible up in front of people, Uh boom, done. Yeah, Yeah. check it out. That's right. The Satanist bitch. Blow those trumpets. Done. Yeah, I like it. No, no, it's, it's not a bad song. I actually think it's pretty good, but I've heard there's so much I love from them that that seems... In the middle, kind of mediocre compared to what I compared to the stuff that I really love from Behemoth. So. I was kind of hoping that like this would be the year of Behemoth, like like that Behemoth would like somehow cross over almost maybe even mainstream. You know that well, this might be the album it, they're working on it in Europe. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, I could you know like when when Metallica put out uh, uh, and Justice for All, yeah, and they finally had that one video on. It was like, oh my god. Metallica are starting to go mainstream. Oh you could god. feel oh it. Oh it was freaking. It was freaking oh scary. Oh yeah, totally. But with Behemoth, I'm like, you know, as unlikely as that it seemed when Ride Lightning and Master of the Puppets, uh, Master of Puppets, Behemoth, it seems unlikely until now. But I was hoping that this album be the one that would like cross. See, I think we have a weird perspective on on a band like Behemoth because I just don't think we see you know, you're not being Polish. Uh, we don't understand how big that band is over there because they're they're on that level. I mean, I think yeah. that's who you know they're they're huge, but not in the U.S. No, no, well, not in the U.S. yet. I think they're getting they're getting there, but I think that's that's the distortion that we're seeing with that. Right. Is I mean, the dude's married to the biggest like supermodel in 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 the country. He's 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 one. I know, right? Oh my god, she's hot. Uh, and he's also, you know, the, he fought cancer and, and won. He, he was uh, he was a judge on their on their TV program or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like American the, Idol. Yeah. Like he's got he, they've got so much clout over there. I just don't think it's reached it's reached us. I think that's why he was pissed off when they played at Emos the last time. Oh yeah, it's like nobody there. <laughs> so this stage is shitty. <laughs> like, you know, this is the worst stage. This is the little stage they're playing on because it was the old Emos. It was like yeah. the old uh, outside. And oh man, he's pissed. <laughs> so, but you may be right. I mean, this might be the year that they finally take off. But I was hoping that they would. But I hear that song. I'm not sure I hear it. Just I I on. Well, okay. I'm go, I'm going with my theory on this is not the best song on the album. So well, okay. I, I'm, I'm totally just, going. With my I was kind of expecting like like maybe like uh, I don't know. It sounds crazy, but Super like the, Collider. No, no. I was expecting it's not that bad. I was thinking that like the song would be like that one that. You know, it's it's heavy as all get out, but somehow it will get played during the Kansas City Chiefs game. You know what I mean? That's possible. No, I could say maybe not that song. Right. That song, it won't. But I mean, that's what I would be here is like the indicator that, okay, something's going to happen for the mainstream. Maybe. Just, the just just wait. Just wait. Well, okay. I, I haven't heard the whole record yet. So, yeah. so once, once we do. That would have been my prediction like, I don't know, like two months ago. And, so, God, God Stradamus. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you wanted to do predictions for 2014 in this episode yeah, yeah. for some reason. I don't know why. Because, because I want to be able to say this show a year, a year from now look how right i was you want to listen back i told you so this is what it's all about <laughs> oh crap i don't know if i like this 
I, I'm, I'm totally not sure if I like where this is going. Totally. Well, all right. Let's all right. See. So what are some of your predictions First for prediction, 2014? Metallica have got to tour this year, and they're going to tour a lot. And now, I'm not saying a lot as in they're going to do 300 dates or anything. I think by the back half of this year, maybe the fall, they're going to do something relatively extensive because these guys need the dough. Mm. And it's been a long time since they've needed the dough. It hasn't sunk in yet, but it will eventually because they're not making as much interest on their money as they were a year ago. They've sunk all this money into Orion. They sunk all the money into that movie. They lost on both fronts. They're going to need to tour. Mm. Okay. That's prediction okay. one. I could, I could see that being, uh, being a, a reality. The new Gojira album will be meh. Whoa. Yeah. Ah. Check that out. Ah. As much as I love these guys and I really want this album to be awesome. You remember when Carcass announced it's that their new album was going to fail. When Carcass announced that they had a new album coming out, I sat here and it's on record. I said it's going to be like one of the greatest albums ever of all time. And there I was right. It's the number four greatest album of all time. With the new Gojira album, I'd love to say that it's like top 10 album of all time coming up. It's coming, but mm-hmm. this one. Meh. I think they kind of shot their wad on L'Enfant Sauvage, and uh, I'm worried that the, the next time's going to be okay. One of the most awesome shows I've ever or seen. Or due, they're due, just due for a, yeah. a bomb. Yes. I mean, I think that anybody, any band has got to have at least one. You know, and usually that's the sophomore slump or right. something like that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that like they'll never have a great album again. I'm just saying the next album gonna be maybe maybe it's because they're so far apart from each other maybe Maybe. it's this maybe it's that Mm -hmm. it's just gonna be Mm -hmm. meh okay okay um there gonna be a lot of band breakups this year a lot of them that's like saying "Eh, well it's gonna be cold in the north yeah i know but check check this out including no band with two singers is gonna survive 2014 whoa what band has two singers i can't think of one but if they do Like this, like, the whole like, system of a down thing, like a tray doomed or, to fail. Uh, like uh, some of that early, uh, early metalcore stuff, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Okay, now okay. this next prediction almost directly contradicts that <laughs> that prediction. <laughs> almost. This is the year of the duet in metal. Oh, so like male female duet or Islands in the Stream of Metal is coming, man. And and I thought that mm. like Gateways by Demu Burger would be like the way to like kind of get it going because it was like a Islands in the Stream. You well, know, you're gonna close your eyes forever. Kind yeah, of thing. Uh-huh. Osborne and Lita Ford. Totally, you know? okay. totally. I think that's gonna happen. It's gonna be a death a, metal voice. A Tulamon from uh from uh, from Megadeth. Yes, you know, with uh, with Christina Scabia. So this year it's gonna be Lizzie Hale uh-huh. and the dude from shinedown or yeah <laughs> who knows and i'm not saying that like there's gonna be like a boatload of these i'm just saying that one of them is gonna hit and hit big at least hmm who's it gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be maria brink it's gonna be i'll say it'll be maria brink wow. from in this moment yeah the whore <laughs> i don't think she's a whore no, that's no. the name of the song yeah i know that's what yeah, i'm saying yeah okay <laughs> um Oh, this is going to be the return of dynamics. I was I was thinking about this as I was listening to a lot of the 2013, which was the best year of metal recordings ever. True. Is that I didn't hear a lot of dynamics. I don't I, know why people are wait, sort of what do you mean th- like, that soft loud thing. Well, like true soft loud or actual soft loud, like because I think there's What's some the difference of that. between true and actual. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those are the same words, aren't they? <laughs> Shit, you caught me. Well, what I'm saying is that is that it's uh, if you look at a waveform, right? If you if you're uh-huh. looking at the actual waveform, 
uh, dynamics are relative when it when it comes to it. It's like this part of the song should be soft, but at the same time, it's blasted. Like it's its waveform is huge and it's maxed out to the it, to the hilt. So there's like this. If you look at old waveforms, when it when you get soft parts of songs, it goes it goes way soft. Right. It's this physical dynamics versus actual dynamics that's the i can't it's hard for me to explain so whether the songwriting goes into soft or whether it just no, there's, sonically goes there, into soft. There, there's ways to like i don't know i can't explain it i'm saying that like like you know when i listen to like i know it sounds i sound like an idiot old anacrusis and stuff like that those guys were using dynamics like crazy i'm not saying that you needed to pull a metallica and have an acoustic intro uh, to every one of your songs okay new new carcass right okay the last song on the new carcass album that's got that sort of acoustic intro and mm-hmm. uh, other stuff that goes on there if you look at the waveform on that that is not that not it's not as dynamic as it should sound right like if it was an actual song like it was just recorded analog and not blown out and mastered, it's going to sound a lot more dynamic than other stuff. Right. Things that are mastered now are mastered to digital zero, and stuff that's mastered to digital zero cannot be as dynamic as stuff that's mastered in analog. So if you were to look at like how Smashing Pumpkins were mastered, right? Were they mastered so it's all blown out? Or is it mastered dynamically? If it goes to, if you get to like Siamese Dream, yeah. uh, it's it's still, it's got analog it's got some area in between it. It's not going to digital zero okay. to where they're maxing out the volume of everything. And that's where we're getting now is that yeah. everything's volume is maxed to, to the point where it's ones and zeros jammed in there all the way to the hilt, yes. to, the, to, to the top. And I think that it's finally coming around full circle to where it can't be that way anymore. Yep. And I think if that's your prediction where we're going to have some more of that stuff, I think that that's going to be one of the things that's going to happen because what are people are doing is they're producing for vinyl mm-hmm. or they're producing for more old school. They're producing for analog a little bit more. So, and you're going to see more and more of that, especially if you're listening to doom or if you're listening to some of the, uh, kind of, uh, other side of stuff, but it's gotta be a little bit more dynamic. If you're listening to metalcore jam it to the zeros exactly. and and it doesn't matter yeah and i'm saying that so. even with metalcore what, what's left of metalcore will go songwriting dynamically okay all right yeah. okay well, gonna be more I, I, I see where you're going yeah right. so I, don't, I, don't, I digress yeah no all good uh uh oh, my last prediction for 2014 uh, is that the old guard will die off this year and what? I mean that literally. I think Lemmy's dying. I think Tony Iommi is going to die. No. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that maybe a member of Kiss might die. I mean, just like you, you name it, uh, if they're over the age of uh, 60, they're, they're totally, and probably one or two, I think there's going to be more deaths this year than in any year previous that for the world of metal and i think it's only going to escalate as we go on i don't like you i think that Stop every it. if you are friends with somebody in a metal band who's had a slight cough in 2013 you might start planning what the memorial is going to be like in 2014 because uh, you know like jeff hanneman's memorial was kind of eh, you know because nobody had time to plan they threw that thing like within a week or something so you know start thinking about it oh man i don't like to think about that stuff that's wrong I know I don't want to think about it either, but I want to be right at the end of the year more than I want to be, you know. 
Uh, I just don't even. I think I think Lemmy is going to get healthy. I think Lemmy is going to open his own yoga studio, and <laughs> everybody is going to go to said yoga studio and get healthy with him. The so, only thing that can help so Lemmy Gene, right now is Photoshop, and Decibel have already figured it out. <laughs> My God, hey man, you want to make his hips look bigger and his tits look awesome? <laughs> yeah, That's I know. A, they got know. he was photoshopped so much he could have stuck him in Victoria's Secret. When he didn't Vogue look- got his ass. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, ah, oh, man, don't even say. I don't even want to think about a world without Lemmy. I, I really don't. I just don't want to even think about that. Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, I, we're, we're gonna keep him going. We're gonna keep him alive. Damn it! No, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is, everybody ought to be. If you are friends with Lemmy, knock on his door once a day. So you think the old guard is gonna be who we're gonna be missing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I think it's good. I mean, it's bad that people are going to die, but I think it's good that there's going to be a lot of new things or things that are recent that people have been kind of going, eh, about that people are going to start getting excited about because they're going to be doing really exciting, awesome stuff, and it's going to be replacing... You know, 2013, I mean, the most exciting thing came from guys who were nearly 50 years old. This may be a topic for another show, actually, Mm -hmm. since we're getting now to the end here. But but do you think that the old guard has to die off for things to change, to things to start moving in a different direction for metal? I mean, I know that we've taken a lot of different directions in the past 40, 50 years worth of, of music that we've heard. But is it is it a matter of you've got to get these people... Does doesn't have to be part of that change for that for those guys to fall by the wayside, you know? Is that is that important for something like that? I mean, when you can look back on their catalog, if if Slayer is still making albums, uh, you're not you're still listening to new Slayer records. You're yep. not going back and listening to Rain and Blood. Yep. So I mean, I mean, you are, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yep. do they have to be gone and to be remembered, or do we get to remember them? all along and they and they can just ride it you know so i don't i don't know i don't know what is it yeah, know, i think that's a great topic let's, let's think, talk like, about that because you think about that and you think about guys like elvis that are dead janice joplin that are dead that, that died early you yeah. know Jimi hendrix had died early uh you know nirvana and kurt cobain you know they had their moment in the sun and they changed music forever but they but they passed away early so some of these core people that are in the metal movement you know, we've had we've had our fair share that that have died early. Whether it's you know Ronnie James Dio who lasted a long time, mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Schuldiner. You know, there's so many that did That's pass away hair. earlier, and but they but their catalog of music did so much to change things to that point that we just remember that catalog. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I don't know. This may, like I said, it may be a topic for another a, show. It is because I can, we can go on, man. Yeah, we yeah, can go yeah. on. I don't, I don't know. So you got me thinking now. Yeah. Wheels It's going to be a good year. And, and I'm telling you, if 70,000 tons right. of metal are listening, get that death to all and cynic on that boat. Cause man, why isn't like every band from Florida, not on that boat? I mean, deicide should be on the boat. I don't want to hang out with Paul Madsville. You actually, don't actually, I kind of do, but <laughs> But that, that's my point is I don't want people that are going well, it's going to be bad enough. Like, yeah, it'll be weird. I'm going to be a weird guy on that boat. <laughs> I, I, also, I got to tell you, I got bad sleep apnea, so you're screwed. <laughs> you're totally screwed. You're going to get no sleep whatsoever. <laughs> you think it's bad when I'm normally fat and uh, fat and sleepy. See, it works out, though, because you, you're not happens. even going to wander into that bed until one, well after midnight. I'm going to be asleep by 930. Midnight? What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. It's going to be morning. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, no, no, We're no. going to be on total different sleep schedules. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to one of the bands, one of the local bands here. Here that, that went on uh, barge to hell, uh-huh. and what they said was basically you just nap. 
Yeah. You know, you don't ever sleep. You just take like two, three hour naps at a time. That's awesome. And when your body goes, you need to go fall over. And then you go fall over for a little bit. You get up and you go out and do some more stuff. So, yeah, we'll be on 70,000 tons of metal this year. It's going to be. Uh, yeah, tweet us if you're going to be on it, too, because we'd love to say hey. It's going to be a damn good time. At Bearded Ape is where you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Godless Speaks with three S's in the middle. And you can find us every damn week right here on the Metal Sucks podcast. I am Cheeky Chuck. I'm Godless. And this has been another episode, the first episode of 2014 of the Metal Sucks Podcast.